This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Thank God for this season. It comes once a year, but we have Christmas in our hearts the whole year. You know, every time you get a new victory in your life, there's a new birth going on. And you can walk on new ground, ground you hadn't walked on before. It's like a new birth. So in essence, we continue to journey to Bethlehem all our lives until Christ cracks the sky. And he says, there's one more river to cross. Amen. I got one more mountain to climb. Amen. I want to make it to the other side, to the celestial city. Amen. To journey to the eternal Bethlehem in glory. I thank God for this sermon series we've been in for quite some time, The Lawful Works of Grace. So much talk about grace, but you know, we look at grace sometimes one-dimensional as we do, especially just from a carnal perspective. We only look at the fact that we want to be absolved of guilt, and then we could just throw the rest away. But God is saying we need the whole word of truth. Amen. And grace is not just some kind of a legal process where we're not guilty, but it is also a person, capital G, his highest grace, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace could be a person. Amen. Grace could be a place that you got to get to. Amen. You got to sit in the seat of the scornful or in where the holy folks stand. Which one? Bible said, don't sit in the seat of the scornful, did it not? We ought not, amen, be in position, spiritually so, uh, in the wrong place, erroneously placed when Jesus comes, amen, and he's been prompting and prying us out of our stuck place to get us to move, amen, into the holy of holies. But sometimes we give him a stiff neck and he can't turn it. My God, we give him a deaf ear that, that he, he wants to open, but we don't allow him to open it. We give him blind eyes. My God, when he has opened our eyes, we give him a, a soul drunk with the wine of the world when he has sobered us up to make a sober decision to say yes to his will. But we continue on and do whatever else. But God is yet calling. Jesus is yet tenderly calling Amen. And he's shining a light from heaven to help us to have that right guidance into the eternal Bethlehem. We have to let him have his way. God wants newness in our lives. Amen. So yes, this Lawful Works of Grace series is just for that. Helps us to see the person of grace, the place of grace, and it, there's a power because grace is power. Grace will transform you. It'll give you your right mind where you didn't have one. My God, it will straighten up that soul. Any valley will be filled. You know the rest. Come on. The crooked in us is going to be made straight. My God, anything put above God, that high place is going to be torn down. Yes, it will. Hallelujah. God's going to do it. There's some roughness in us. We went through some things, but God's going to smooth it over so there's no rut we could fall back in. God wants us to have a newly paved, well-structured foundation. Place our feet on a solid rock. His name is Jesus. Grace does all of that. Amen. So we need to look at the whole lawful works 
of grace. Here we are with yet another part, Journey to Bethlehem, part three. We're thankful to God for all the parts, but we have learned, amen, a lot about how to have the mind renewed, right? Traits of, the, of, of, of true Christian disciples as well. And now, this third part, let's look at our main scripture, Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. This scripture shows us that a divine process has been initiated. From here, we must move in continued excellence to accomplish and acquire what this journey to Bethlehem has in store for us. Along this journey, there will be things to be alert about, for such things will impede our progress and even cause a forfeit of faith if allowed to take root and mature in us. Let's review and receive additional revelation that should bring us success in reaching our blessed destination as we are ever mindful to avoid certain hindrances. I bring you this message from the Lord. The journey to Bethlehem, part three, hindrances to watch and pray about. Hindrances to watch and pray about. The new year is dawning upon us. It's coming fast. And we have such services that we call watch night services. And we know that in the Gospels, we are admonished by God's Spirit to watch and pray. Amen? And yes, you must keep your spiritual eyes open and sometimes your natural eyes open. My God. Uh, we were in revival one time, and uh, the prophet had the lights go out for a minute, and, and he said, when he come on, you know, he gave them instructions prophetically to do this and that. Uh, and I heard uh, the preacher also say, if you have a pocketbook, use your mind, right, hold on to it while the lights are out. <laughs> you got to watch yourself, amen? <laughs> you can't be crazy, amen? One time we were in concert, we hosted for the commission to come uh, to Hempstead High School, and uh, Professor Benny Cummings, he, he, he schooled us, he re rehearsed us, till we couldn't rehearse anymore, my God. His favorite phrase is, from the top, <laughs> you could be one quarter in the measure and you miss five notes or do the beat wrong or whatever. He, he said, this is how it go. He school you for five to ten minutes. Then he said, from the top, <laughs> my God, the old days when you can't take a water break. Water's for cowards. Water makes you weak. My God, <laughs> the good old days, my God. We were in concert, and then they had the lights out, and we were doing this special music sound effect to bring in the, uh, the King's Temple Sanctuary Choir. And we, all those musicians were playing. We knew where the notes were, even in the dark. <laughs> and then, then Pastor Rockford said, hold on to your purses, my God. <laughs> he said, don't be crazy, my God. 
Don't get it that far. Amen. You, 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 you can control, amen, what's around you. You could be in the spirit and still know your surroundings. Amen. <laughs> you better do that on this journey to Bethlehem, by the way. Yes, ma'am. And yes, sir. There are hindrances that we must watch and pray about. We must seek the yet relevant wisdom revealed to the ancient prophets. Is it still relevant for us today? Yes. There are landmarks, and the Holy Ghost had me, amen, call upon Mother to help read our affirmation of the Christian faith, amen, and she's from old school, amen. Thank God, and Mother, you still got something to do, amen. You're not washed up, hallelujah. We got to stop looking at the older saints like they're washed up, my God. I'm preaching hard about that because I'm about to be over the hill in a minute, hallelujah, anyhow. <laughs> we are not washed up, mother. Hallelujah. Long as we got breath, we got something to do for the Lord. Hallelujah anyhow. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we got to be watch persons, mother, of the old landmarks. There are righteous standards that we need to consider for our successful journey into Bethlehem. My God. Let us first uh, review the, the five key principles of moral character needed to be true disciples. Thank God, as revealed in Isaiah, amen. You remember that? In part two, there were uh, how to treat others the way you want to be treated with respect and honor. Remember that? And prayerfully judging yourself. Look at the, uh, my mother used to say, uh, you looking at the little thing in my eye. Look at the forest in your own eye. I think she added to the scripture, but that's good. We needed it. Amen. Hallelujah. Because some of us thought we were already, you know, arrived. So she, God gave a prophetic, uh, poetic license, and that's allowed at times because the proud need hardness to be shaken and waking up. Amen. <laughs> Thank God. Sometimes we need to learn how to afflict our own soul before God commissions somebody else or some situation to afflict it for you. Amen. And, and, and we learned about how to not to condemn or afflict others, to look at your own self. Number three, we, we were talking about spiritual reform in our lives and how to undo what has been done wrong. And the Bible said, saying sorry is not enough. You have to also lovingly make good gestures to gift people. And I was talking about how some people did you so bad, they might owe you a Benz. My God. Uh, number four, we were talking about to free those you are wrongfully oppressing in any way. My God. And we do it in subtle ways with passive aggressiveness into some grand sinful things. I saw uh, a reality show wherein some woman had tattooed like a barcode on the back of her neck. Human trafficking, that's sick. My God, they used to brand the slaves, right? Like they branding a cow. Now they're putting uh, barcodes on folk. My God, they're buying folk left and right and selling them. My God, like chattel, my God. Just for sex, my God. We live in a wicked world. But God wants us, he's calling us to make our lives better instead of bitter. Make other folks' lives better instead of being bitter. We have to learn how to walk in the Holy Ghost and destroy yokes of bondage and help others 
oh God, that might be constructed in like manner as we go through this life. We'll see yokes of bondage on people and in situations. And we have to learn how to uh, be like a Daniel in the Bible. My God, no matter what construct they're saying is the right way, you go the way of God. Amen. We got to learn how to be uh, reformers. There were great reformers in the Bible, and we need to learn how to, amen, destroy yokes of bondage. Thank God. Number five, we need to do whatever God has put in our hands to do to help those in need of physical or maybe spiritual nutrition, and do it cheerfully and without procrastination. God says, your turn might just come. My God, we wouldn't want others doing us like that. Amen. And we have to know the difference of those who really need help and those who was just trying to help themselves. My God, help themselves to your pocketbook, to your money. My God, that you work so hard for. Amen. Trying to take your nest egg up in here. My God, loose here. My God, don't give your pearl to swine as the Bible puts it. My God, hallelujah. Anyhow, yes, Lord, we need all of those disciplines. Thank God, and God used the prophets of old to help us realize all of those things. And now we go into Exodus and Numbers, where there are truths to learn from Moses. Thank God. I'm going to look at Exodus 16. Amen. A lot of scriptures there. Exodus 16, very important. These are the nuggets we need for this message, because the devil has constructs that he uses, weapons, my God, and the weapons of, of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the what? Pulling down of strongholds. The devil builds strongholds. He scaffolds them. He's got catapults and all kind of things. He's throwing things at us from afar and hiding his hands and acting like it's God. Oh, it was the church. Oh, that's a church. No, that was your work. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Every one of his wicked works, he's one of the highest passive-aggressive folks, my God, does things and hides like he's not doing it, my God, he's something else. Oh, he could be so demonstrative, demonstrative, and we know he's doing it, but he yet blames God and others, my God. But look at what happened to the children of Israel, the complaints they made, amen, about being hungry. I'm not totally mad at them. Yes, being hungry will make you do and say certain things, act a certain way but you need not lose the Holy Ghost. Amen. It says here, and they took their journey from uh, Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, uh, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. Where, they, where did they come from? Egypt, my God, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Looks like they left Egypt, but Egypt didn't leave out of them. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. 
Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, At even then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? So they, the leaders were saying, you, you think you're doing it to us, but you're really doing it to God, right? You ever heard of don't hurt the messenger, my God? <laughs> and Moses said, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at evening the quails came and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around about the hosts. My God, my God. Let's go to Numbers because Numbers also helps. You know, the Bible proves itself. Numbers 11. Numbers 11, uh, 1 through 6. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tabirah, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And in the mixed multitude there was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which ye did eat in, we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. Now skip down to verses 31 through 35, where it says, And there went forth a wind from the Lord, see we picked up from Exodus, and brought quails from the sea, and let them fall by the camp, as it were a day's journey on this side, and as it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and as it were two cubits high upon the face of the earth. In other words, they were knee-deep in quail meat. My God. And the people stood up all that day and all that night and all the next day, and they gathered the quails. He that gathered least gathered ten 
ten homers, my God. And they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp, my God. And uh, while the flesh was yet between their teeth, they didn't even have a chance to floss yet, ere it was chewed, uh, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a great plague. And he called the name of the place Kibroth Hatavah because there they buried the people that lusted. And the people journeyed from Kibroth Hatava unto Hazaroth, and abode at Hazaroth. My God. That last scripture reveals how getting what you ask for is not always a good thing. Amen. <laughs> Hindrances to watch and pray about during our journey to Bethlehem. The devil gives this one-two punch. The first punch, temptation number one. There are two temptations mainly. Temptation number one, the first punch, false food. Temptation number one, false food. What are the effects? The effects of it is this, never maturing. People are never maturing, ever coming into the knowledge, you know, always learning, but never coming into the knowledge of the truth, right? Forever learning, learning, learning. We go to this campaign, that campaign, this revival, that revival, this conference, that conference, this prayer breakfast, that prayer breakfast, this all-night prayer, the other all-night prayer. I don't know what they were doing, but they must have been sleeping, my God, because they never came into the what? Knowledge of the truth. Never maturing, always longing for the foods of Egypt. That's the effects. Never maturing, always longing for the foods of Egypt. My God, that's the effects of false food. This temptation is Satan's attempt to get us to replace Christ, who is the living bread, y'all. And the music ministry was on point singing that. Amen. <laughs> Jesus is the what? Living bread. Come on, somebody. Amen. So we want to replace Christ, the living bread, with works of the flesh and selfish ambitions. We must come as children to the Lord. Remember that? But he does not send forth babes into battle, though. We may come to him as a babe, but we don't stay a babe. Amen. Eventually, yes, we must grow in our ability to produce mature works of faith. Thank God. Faith without such work, that means you're still dead. God needs to come with his angels. Gabriel on one side, Michael on the other side, and he puts the electrical eternal pulse in you, and he says, clear, clear, ba-boom and pray that you get regenerated. Amen. What does a generator do? Pumps more electricity into the house. Amen. <laughs> we need uh, some more energy, some more heavenly fire to come down. My God, holy fire needs to come and burn up the dross. My God, and keeps us aflame because we're the good gold from heaven. And the, the more flame around it, the better it gets. That means we got to stay in proximity in the Holy of Holies, stay in there. My God, not as a peripheral somewhere around there, but up in there. Amen. Thank God. Stay in the Holy of Holies. Don't tip out. Stay in there. 
Walk as though we're walking in the Holy of Holies. That's what we got to do. The Holy Ghost can help us get there, but we got to amen. Listen to him. We got to amen. Uh, understand what he's saying and go with our sober selves into the Holy of Holies. Let God do what he came to do. Let him lead us where he is sending us. Amen. He helps us grow up first, helps us to learn, helps us to have anointing, helps us to have power from the Holy Ghost. Then he sends us forth to do things. Amen. He won't send us like little babies into battle. No. You know, eventually we got to grow up. We have to, we have to uh, grow in our ability to produce in a mature faith. Bethlehem is an oasis of birth, nourishment, and growth, not a perpetual incubator of complacency. Some of us are still in the maternity ward, in an incubator. My God, we got to break up out of there. My God, and go downstairs. My God, and get the pedagogy going on. Grow up from there and get into the adult class and move on. Hallelujah. And do some damage to the devil's camp. Take back what the devil stole. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God. My God, take the sword of the Spirit out, which is the Word of God, and go to slicing. We got to get some offense going. I've been blocking. Yes, I, I can block pretty good, but I need to learn how to slice the devil's head off. David showed us it's not over till you slice the devil's head off. Yes, you knocked him down. My God, and he's incapacitated, but don't stop there. Take the weapon he intended for you and use it against him. Bam! Slice his head off. Hallelujah. Then he's really gone. Hallelujah. The enemy will be really gone. Or he's going to do like the, the guy on Halloween. Halloween 1, 2, 3. He keeps coming back. My God. <laughs> We're going to be Halloween 1000. My God. The devil 1000. My God. No, I need to slice his head. I'm tired of you. Think you can just wreak havoc in my life whenever you want to? No! Somebody done told you wrong. Here's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hallelujah. You got to have a word from the word of God, a rhema word for him. Every time he comes, he's going to come into some opportune time for him. My God, inopportune for you, but he's going to try to mess you up, make you slip and slide and go backwards. My God, tripping to the left, tripping to the right, falling back. My God, or falling forward, headlong, uncontrollably. <laughs> Dad used to say, thank God. That's how the devil wants us to do. But Jesus said, I've come to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. We got to let God do what he came to do. We got to help him help us. He wants to grow us up. Think David was just some little snot-nosed little boy on the hill with some smelly sheep. He was out there learning from Jehovah Sabaoth himself. Getting instructions on jujitsu in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank God. And he could fight the devil hand-to-hand -hand combat style. Because he took a lion by his beard and did damage. Took a bear by the beard and did damage. Hallelujah. We could do it. The devil gets all up in our face with his smelly breath. We got to tell him, oh God, like a TIS is with the rhema word of God. We got to start doing it. Stop letting the devil have his way in our life.
He does it by the ability we give him to push buttons in our flesh. And he works from the spirit into the natural and goes all up into our biochemistry and works, my God, and, and, and whatever our body's craving, it goes into our mind. You know, they could give you drugs to help control your mind. Hallelujah. They don't even know where the mind is and how to see it. There's no x-ray for, the, for looking at the mind. They go by the fruit. We could tell you by your fruit they're using scripture. don't even know they're using the scripture. Hallelujah. Anyhow, but that's how the devil does. He try to mess you up. He tests you, and, and you fell right there. Oh, I did a little scientific thing. I tried test number one, number two, number three, number four. He keep going till he, oh, there it is, number five. You saw him, you saw what he did on number five. Try that again. Then he'll send reinforcements, you know, sadness. Oh, that's good. Doubt. Go in. Go with sadness. Go in there. Come on. Tag team. Go in there. Oh, he don't fight fear. He send two or three against you. Doubt, fear. My God. He keeps piling up all them demons. You have a heavy weight of demonic stuff going on in your mind. Don't even know why you feel so despondent. Why you feel so depressed. Why you can't even brush your teeth anymore. Why you can't even use mouthwash anymore. Scared to take a bath. My God. Didn't check your mail in a while. You're almost dead. My God. And then the devil said, you may as well just end it all. What's the sense? You don't have a purpose here. Where is God? He starts asking all these demonic questions, demonic doctrines. Now you're in the devil's discipline class. My God. And he's disciplining you to go against the real revealed truth of God. If we could give ear to the Holy Ghost. But the Bible always warns us, the day you hear the Holy Ghost voice, don't harden your heart. In other words, don't get all absorbed in your flesh, all drunk by the carnality of what you're innately uh, used to and are, uh, have grown up to tolerate. You need to throw all that fast, false food out of your system. Go cold turkey. Let the Holy Ghost deliver you. Hallelujah. He can do it. Thank God. And Numbers 11.5 reveals certain things. We went by fast, but it reveals how the alluring flavors of the past. There's something in our past. We felt that. We know how that looks. When we look at certain things or hear or smell or whatever, since the devil used to get us, he'll use that as a trigger to get us back or to teach us something that shouldn't have been taught in the first place. Children predisposed to stuff. Sometimes young saints predisposed to stuff. My God, and don't even know how to fight the devil that great. My God, and there are flavors he uses. And he's ever seeking after our attention. He puts it in us, little agents in our own body, working against us, the flavors. They were looking for the flavors. We remember the fish. We did eat in Egypt freely. They just gave us food. Yeah, but why are they feeding y'all, making you strong? So you could stay subject to whatever Pharaoh tells you to do. You're not really free, see? But the devil will fool you. They, they were enjoying the cucumbers, all the nice salad they had, the melons, all oh, the sweet, nice, fruitful desserts. Oh, yes. And the nice spices were, oh, they were popping. Leeks, onions, garlic. My God, all of that. That's luring you back. 
that symbolism, y'all, of the spices. Ah, the symbolism of the spices reveals the heart of the matter. You see, they are a type of replacement where we seek to replace God with an idol. Hallelujah, anyhow. See, these flavors call us back to our carnal comfort zones, which are void of faith. They're void of faith. There's fear involved, and there's turmoil. So you're going to be afraid to leave out of that. It's like you joined a gang. They beat you to get in it, and they'll beat you uh, if you get out of it. They'll half kill you and will look to kill you if you try to get out of it. That's the devil. Oh, I can't move from here. Oh, what if this? What if that? So many what ifs. You're scared to make a move to the altar of God, scared to make a move with the Holy Ghost toward the Holy of Holies. The devil don't want you journey into Bethlehem. No. He don't mind you going to Bethlehem, right? Bethlehem. I mean, all of them sound like it, but those are places, uh, houses of ill repute, one of them, and the other was a house of meat. See, my God, for the body and for the soul. But God came to save the soul so the body wouldn't get into stuff. And he does that with the regeneration of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes in and revives your spirit, and inside of you, you could say things. You could command your soul with that regenerated spirit and say, soul, why are you disquieted? I will bless and praise the Lord. My hands will bless. I will serve the Lord. I will use my feet to do the bidding of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep my eyes free to see what God tells me to see. Ears open to hear him. My God, my heart is ready and fixed on glory. Matter of fact, my ambitions, my passions are placed above where Christ sits at the right hand of the throne of God. For where my heart is, amen, that's where my purpose is. My purpose is a heavenly purpose. We got to learn how to stay right there. Thank God then the devil will do us no harm. That's what the old timers meant. Stay right under the blood so the world will do you no harm. Hallelujah. That's what that means in a nutshell. Thank God. See, but the devil want to take us to that dead place where there's no eternal vibrancy. There's no eternal passion. There's no eternal encouragement. There's no eternal joy there. My God. And you can't develop into the maturity of God's will. That's why the devil wants you in that dead zone. My God, I don't like going into a dead-end street. There's no way out. You have to turn around and go all the way back. And some of them roads are kind of long leading to the dead-end street. Used to tee me off as a kid. Let's go, though. This is a nice neighborhood, isn't it, though? All right, we're going to go through, go to the park. and Oh, man. Dead-end. What? We had to turn all the way around, go like a mile back. That's craziness. But some people get tired. They want to stay right there and just camp in the dead end. Forget that. I ain't going back all the way over there. We might as well just stay right here. How many stay right there? That's why we need the altar of God. How many stay right there? That's why we need, amen, ready workers, amen, because the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are free. So many people have camped out into the dead zone. My God, help me, Holy Ghost. Hey, we got to help save somebody. Hallelujah. Help somebody else. We're too busy helping ourselves to the fast food. 
See, Exodus 16 reveals the results of, of satisfying such hunger. Eating spiritually unhealthy food leaves you unsatisfied, more hungry than before, making you complain to God. And the wilderness journey in, in, in numbers that we saw was uh, prolonged due to the lack of real faith in God. They were just looking for things and, and just, uh, 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 you know, hanging out together with their buddies and stuff. Amen. And they just did whatever the carnal folks did. See, the people of God began to complain there about being unsatisfied by the manna sent from heaven wasn't good enough for them because their flesh said so. It led to the appearance of an overabundance of quail. Almost feel like God had an attitude. He just sent the winds and uh, sent the birds. He said, oh, they want meat. Oh, 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 you want meat? Here's your meat. And so many quails, it was knee deep. Barbecue over here, y'all. So y'all, y'all, you just don't know when y'all got got wild, y'all. Having barbecue and about to get burned. Y'all going to be the barbecue in a minute. My God. See, be, be, beware when you continuously pray amiss praying from your soul. The soul needs to get saved, y'all. And don't follow your heart. You need to train your heart. Don't, don't follow your heart. Follow the star from heaven. If you're going to follow something, that's how you're going to get to Bethlehem. You're not going to get to Bethlehem following your heart. Your heart was born and shaped in iniquity, and in sin was it conceived. You need a new birth from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, anyhow. Stop praying amiss from your body and your soul. See, when you really pray right, you're going to learn the real way to go. Amen. Some folk, though, have to learn the hard way, and that's a shame. And that's the only temptation one. Temptation two won't take as long. Temptation number two, false fellowship, y'all. Temptation number two. See, the devil got that one-two punch. Boom, hit you with the, 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 the bad food, right? Eat that. Then he comes with false fellowship shows you who to hang with. Birds of a feather what? Flock? I say flop. <laughs> Sometimes they flop, right? <laughs> Thank God. Birds of a feather need to be flying together. If you fly on the wings of an eagle, amen? God will help you mount up with wings, what? As an eagle. Hallelujah. That's the kind of birds I want to hang with. Eagle. Where the eagles? Stop hanging with chickens. I went to a chicken farm, took the kids out on a field trip from my school, and we saw some medium-sized chickens, my God, and we were wondering why were half their feathers gone, ball in the butt, ball in the head, because they were pecking each other. I'm bigger and badder than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Watch me work. Bam, bam, bam. Just biting the, biting the, just biting the, biting the feathers, just fighting in the dirt. And that's what chickens do together. They can't fly nowhere. What they going to do? My God, they can't do like an eagle, mount up with wings and go to the mountaintop. They can peer down for miles and see the food where they get to swoop down upon the food. The food didn't even see them coming. They just scoop it out of the ocean and go their merry way. Not chickens. My God, they're just scratching in the dirt, scratching in the dirt, getting dirty and hurt, dirty, dirty and hurt, just scratching in the dirt. Dirty and hurt. My God, 
and all they could do is get back. I heard them talk. They're like, back, 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 back. That's all they do. They go back, backwards. That's the chicken life. You want to hang with a bunch of chickens? My God, or hanging with vultures is eating a bunch of dead stuff. My God, that's smelly and dirty and it's been left and nobody want it. Oh, I eat it. Yeah, I eat it. Get the vultures. They eat anything. My God, which birds are, are, are you hanging with? My God, the devil wants you to have false fellowship. And the Holy Ghost just gave me that part, y'all. Hallelujah. But what are the effects of false fellowship? Becoming unfocused, building a fellowship of unfaithfulness. What's the effects? Becoming unfocused, building a fellowship of unfaithfulness. Numbers 11 shows us that the temptation of false food brought with it the temptation to seek after false fellowship. I'll show you why. There was a mixed group of people, not unified according to God's standards, not unified what? According to God's standards. Some people are unified according to man's standards, traditions, and such. See, especially since there was a sprinkling of leaven in the bunch, Yes, and you know what happens to leaven. It's going to leaven the whole lump, isn't it, though? Yeast, you leave it in that dough in a dark, warm room. It's cozy, and nobody can see me. Dark and warm, y'all. That's what the yeast needs to grow and puff that bread up. And then you can make the best uh, uh, yeast rolls. My God. I used to uh, eat a gang of them. My mother made some good ones. Amen. Thank God. You see, uh, in this group in, in, in Numbers, there were a few among them that sowed discord. What does God hate? People that sow discord, sow seeds of discord among who? The brethren. My God, they bring in those uh, words from the seducing spirits out there, and they will listen to the doctrines of devils and bring it on in and mix that teaching all up and bring it in. It's a mixed teaching. It's like putting icing on the cake and going to the toilet for the rest of the ingredients. My God, and they mix it all in. You see, these rebel rousers were able to persuade their gullible, unstable, ever immature traveling associates. That's what they were able to do. I, I say associates, since the few rebels were not really of Israel, y'all. Look real deep. They were traveling but not following. Some of us are, I have decided to travel around Jesus. Yeah, no, no, no turning back, no turning back. My God, they're traveling around Jesus, but they're not, they're not what? Following. That's what happened in the gospel according to John, chapter 6, verse 66. And, and, and many left Jesus that day when he told them to get deeper than just me bring in food. Y'all want me to get, find another little boy around here and take his little lunchbox and, and, and produce some, some fish sandwiches for y'all again? No. He said, y'all want it? Oh, y'all want to eat? Drink my blood and eat my body. He said, what? No, this is too hard. You want me to just forget everything and come? Oh, no, that's too much. And many left Jesus that day. They, they, they're not followers. They're just traveling to get something, Right? They just want the, what we used to see in old days, mother, the, the fish and the loaves. That's all they want. They don't, they don't want to fashion themselves in holiness. No, according to the Holy Ghost, they just want the fish and the loaves. 
Ah, uh, they'll travel around until you run out of that. Then they gone. All right. Oh, you ran out. Oh, that's it for me. Bye. See you. Wow. See, that, that, that's what happened in Numbers 11. There were uh, a few carnal folks looking for the prize without the cross who were successful at leavening the whole lump of dough. And Numbers 11 also shows how the gullible souls of the traveling group began to change the manna to their own tastes, milling and baking it to their liking. God didn't say do all of that. They start making salmon croquettes out of the manna and everything. My God, I'm just adding that, mother. I don't know if they really did that. But they were making it different than what God said do. You know, look what I was able to do. I made Pop-Tarts out of mine. Look at here. Manna with Pop-Tart manna. Look at that. Woo-hoo. And God said, mm-mm-mm, I didn't say do all that. My God, we must never congregate where the whole revealed truth of God is not promoted and obeyed. Thank God. Beware of what? False fellowship. My God, it'll bring you down. Remember this, because we're departing to what? Serve God. Amen. And we're serving Him right now, but in a greater capacity with a new anointing out there. We have to be lights in darkness, heavenly salt in the blandness. Amen. See, we can never think that our journey of faith will be paved with a red carpet of fame and fortune. And that's what these preachers out here are doing, prosperity gospel folk. They got a blessing in this hand and a blessing in that hand. Oh, if you just sow, sow into the ministry. Sow into it. Oh, I hit somebody a thousand dollars. Oh, you got you got you got depression in your family. Oh, he's gonna deliver you. Bring the thousand dollars. Oh, I've seen God move. Touch the screen right where you stop it. And they see it. They got these pastors out there. They got, they got jets, y'all, and y'all just sending the money. And your own little poor pastor in the storefront, my God, he can barely get his tire fixed. My God, riding on the donut for three months. My God, that's a shame. The same pair of shoes, 10 years. 10-year anniversary. What's that? I thought I saw your sock under the shoe, Pastor, when you were shouting earlier. No. No, he put he put he put a newspaper down there and put shoe polish. He thought he hid it. My God, we need to stop it. My God, we got knees right around here. Hallelujah! I'm not trying to strum up some orphan either, because I got a job. Hallelujah! Anyhow, Hallelujah, Amen. But Gwen know the scripture. Amen. Muzzle not the ox that treadeth the corn. Hallelujah! Anyhow, <laughs> thank you, Lord. You see. God didn't call us into a bowl of cherries, right? He didn't say it was going to be easy. He didn't say we weren't going to have tests and trials. He, didn't, he never said that. We should never think it strange when various trials come our way. You know, the devil will try to land his one-two punch of temptations to hinder our progress along the way to Bethlehem and beyond, but God is calling for us to be faithful in our journey of faith. Don't waver. Don't go left or right. Stay in the pocket. My God, we must remain prayerful and alert. God loves us and cares about our success. He wants us successful in our journey. We have an eternal purpose because of him beyond the shores of this earth. My God, 
God has and will provide us with the necessities conducive to our success. Let's commit to the journey. Who's with me? Let's commit to the journey. Why don't you rest on your feet as we stand to commit to the journey without delay. Hallelujah. Never wavering, never folding in unfaithfulness. I want to make it in the journey to Bethlehem. Thank God we got hindrances to watch and pray about. Let's watch and pray. Holy Ghost, we need traits of true Christian disciples, God. So please come and renew our mind, I pray, in the holy, mighty name of Jesus. You're able, God. Do a new work. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, you're able. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church Pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.